Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Kate Faulkner. Hello, hope you're okay. Thank you for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, June 22nd. Our top story today, it's been revealed a young Kent footballer took his own life after learning his late mum had been a victim of necrophiliac David Fuller. 68-year-old Fuller abused the bodies of more than 100 women and girls in mortuaries from 2005 to 2020 while working at the Kent and Sussex Hospital and the Tunbridge Wells Hospital. Last September, Jay Carr from Snodland went missing after finding out his mother was one of those abused. His family say he had a history of struggling with mental health and they question whether or not he should have been told at all. The 20-year-old's body was found in Woodland a short time later. Details have been heard at an inquest. Jay's sister Ashley has spoken outside County Hall. Jay's mental health deteriorated. He became obsessed with David Fuller and what had happened. Um, And on on the 19th of September 22, Jay went missing. Uh, Family, friends and police all helped carry out a search and Jay was then found dead on the 20th of September, having taken his own life. He was a great family man and his nieces and nephews really looked up to him. Jay had exceptional entrepreneurial spirit and drive. He was a keen athlete and his loss leaves a heavy heart for many. If anything that could come from this, we hope that the police, maybe in reflection, will look at the way that they notify families on tragic matters in the future. Fuller is in prison for his abuse and murdering two young women in Tunbridge Wells. Another of our top stories today, it's emerged a homeless man who died from carbon monoxide poisoning outside a church in Tunbridge Wells had slept there to try and keep warm. Danit Fatash was found in the car park of St John's in Amherst Road in January. The 37-year-old had fallen asleep near vents to the building and passed away despite being rushed to hospital. Kent Online reports. Now, even though it's the news we all expected, it doesn't make it any easier to hear interest rates of risen for the 13th time in a row. They're now sitting at 5%. The Bank of England is under pressure to bring down inflation and soaring prices and raising the rate is how they plan to do it. While it's good news for savers, it is bad news for borrowers. We spoke to Gavin Welsh from Mortgage Matters Direct in Medway. He's explained what it means for Kent homeowners. If you're in a fixed term, so you've got a fixed rate mortgage, your mortgage payments aren't affected. So what goes on around you and what goes on um, in in the markets and things like that, you're not affected by that interest rate rise. So I think that puts a lot of of your listeners' minds at ease. The people that will affect them almost immediately will be people that are on standard variable rate mortgages or tracker rate mortgages where the bank would pass on, their lender would pass on an increase if they they choose to um, very, very quickly. So for instance, if on an average figure, If uh, we see a a 0.25% increase, that's going to be roughly around 28 to 30 pounds on an average mortgage for somebody who's on a a variable rate or a, or a, or a, um, a tracker rate mortgage. If it's higher than that, if it's a half a percent, you're looking around about the 48 pounds figure. Again, that depends on each different uh, person's circumstances, but roughly that's that's what's likely to happen. You say there, Gavin, if the bank decides to pass it on, so they they might not do. I mean, it's it's not all doom and gloom for some, I suppose. It does depend on the bank that you're borrowing from. Um, Some banks already have reduced or or, or removed their their mortgage rates over the last couple of days. Some have factored in uh, an increase just as, as recent as, as last week. So that may well already be showing in a mortgage payment, um, but some may act 
um, on what the Bank of England do today. Some, very rarely, will not pass on a, a rate increase to, to their customers immediately. And we're talking, as you say, 30, 40 pounds, which might not sound enough, but uh, sound very much. But with the whole cost of living crisis, for some, that's going to be, well, perhaps devastating, isn't it, today to hear that? It, it will. Um, and that's not just 30 or 40 pounds today. It's steadily risen since December last year. So that's on top of previous rate increases. Um, my guidance to anybody that's on a, a standard variable rate or a tracker rate, now's the time perhaps to to visit and see a mortgage mortgage advisor, work through your costs, work through what your plans are for the future, and really seriously think about fixing that mortgage today. Um, we have a number of customers, if we think back two years, that perhaps bought property because of the stamp duty holidays that finished in June two years ago, and therefore may well be coming off interest rates, fixed rates now. Um, my guidance, Nicola, to all of your listeners is that when we go to remortgage, when you go to remortgage, the lender that you choose will give you six months where, where you can then have an offer today for perhaps a rate that doesn't expire until December. You can lock that rate in today and therefore that will be the rate that you will receive. So that sort of negates any more increases because you know what rate you're going to get when your fixed rate matures in December. Not a lot of your, your listeners may know that, that there is a six month window with most lenders that you can fix in now. So you know what your payments will be. How is this affecting first time buyers at the moment? Is it putting people off wanting to buy their first property because rates are so high? With everybody that's got a mortgage or looking to get mortgage, there's worry, there's concern, there's frustration, there's annoyance. It's a little bit out of everybody's control. So as a first time buyer, if you're looking to buy a property, don't let that dream fade. Look at buying that property. Try and put as much as, as a deposit down as you possibly can. But when you look at the interest rates, the interest rate that you apply for on that day, as long as you can afford it, when you sit with your mortgage advisor, they will tell you what your rate would could look like in five years' time. Um, and they will produce what we call a key facts about your mortgage. And there'll be a rate in there to say your mortgage will be X in five years' time as of forecast from today and that's the second question you need to ask yourself is i can afford it today could i afford that figure in five years time and if the answer is still yes then don't let this turn you off if we think back to 20 25 years ago interest rates were around a five six percent as they are today so it's normal over a longer period of time for for rates to be between four and six percent, even sometimes a little bit higher. It wasn't normal to be between two and three, which we've had the beauty of for the last four or five years. But I do understand there's major concerns and worries out there. But just think about is this affordable now? And will it be affordable if there's a rise when I come off my standard ver my fixed rate in five years' time? The government is being asked to step in to help those struggling with mortgage repayments, but Foreign Secretary James Cleverly has indicated it's not likely. Moving on to some sad news from the Kent coast. Colleagues of a firefighter who's gone missing while trying to swim the channel for charity have described it as unspeakably sad. 42-year-old dad Ian Hughes disappeared on Tuesday after setting off accompanied by a support boat. A huge search was carried out but has now been called off. The RSPCA is appealing for information after a group of teenage boys were seen shooting cat 
catapult pellets at birds at a park in Maidstone. Witnesses say they were relentlessly targeting pigeons in Moat Park on Monday. One pigeon has had to be put down after the attack. They're asking for the public's help in tracking down the offenders. Three people have been arrested after reportedly hugging people to try and steal their jewellery in Birchington. Police received reports that a man, woman and teenager were approaching people in the village and asking them to sign a petition before the thefts. All three who are from North London have been bailed while investigations continue. Police tackling antisocial behaviour in Medway have seized an off-road bike which was reportedly causing a nuisance in Strood. Patrolling officers saw the scrambler driving dangerously in Station Road on Tuesday. He was later seized from a property in Woodlands Road for failing to stop for police and having no insurance. Inquiries are ongoing to identify the rider. Kent Online reports. A care home in Dartford has been rated inadequate after inspectors raised concerns about safety, leadership and cleanliness. A report's been released following a visit to Woodford House, which provides support for older people as well as those with autism or learning disabilities. The health watchdog says they're monitoring it closely to make sure improvements are made. The Vice-Chancellor of the Uni of Kent says the current funding model is not sustainable, forcing them to offer voluntary redundancies. Tuition fees were increased to just over £9,000 a year in 2012, but haven't gone up since, despite a huge rise in inflation. There's also been a drop in funding grants, rise in staff salaries and an increasing demand for university places, putting pressure on budgets. A Medway group are calling for the story of Windrush to be added to the national curriculum. Today marks the 75th anniversary of the HMT Empire Windrush docking in nearby Essex, bringing people from the Caribbean to start new lives here. The anniversary is aimed at celebrating their contribution to the country. Camelia Xavier Jehota is a descendant of one of the Windrush generation. One of the objectives of Medway Culture Club is to infill the educational gaps in history. Unfortunately, stories like Windrush aren't currently present on the national curriculum. And we think that this is something that is a significant downfall. Um, It's important for people to understand the significance of that generation and that migration from the Caribbean and the contribution that they brought, because it was the same year in 1948 that when Windrush docked with nearly 500 passengers from the Caribbean that we launched the NHS just a couple of months later. Uh, They were invited by ticket, um, they were invited to Britain to help rebuild it as part of the Commonwealth and so I think it's important that there's a general understanding um, in the next generation to help understand and appreciate the diversity that makes up this multicultural multicultural Britain that we live in. Somebody who went some way to create that society was Asquith Savier. Now Asquith Savier is known as a local Medway-based Windrush hero because he was somebody who petitioned and pushed the status quo. Um, He worked for British Rail in the 60s and unfortunately it There was racist policy in place, which meant he wasn't given a role um, when he went for promotion to work at London Euston because he was a person of colour. Now, that didn't sit right with him and it was his place to push that status quo. He petitioned and it went to Parliament and the Race Relations Act was upgraded in 1968 to make sure It was illegal to discriminate on the basis of skin colour, ethnicity in the workplace. So this was a significant move forward um, in going towards 
the anti-racist society we are still working towards. A 50p coin has also been released to mark the anniversary. Bosses in Deal have confirmed there are still no plans to reopen public toilets in Victoria Park, despite reports people relieving themselves in bushes. The facilities were shut last November following a spate of vandalism. People living nearby are concerned. The council say they keep all services under review. A one-day food and music festival in Kent has been given the green light despite community opposition. The Knockholt Fest, close to the North Downs Way National Trail, is set to take place on Saturday, August 5th. However, some residents say the event would double the population of the town for a day and leave them open to vandalism and illegal parking. The parents of a 13-year-old boy who died from an aggressive form of brain cancer are getting ready to start a fundraising bike ride in Kent. George Fox developed a glioblastoma and passed away after 11 months of treatment, including surgery, chemo and immunotherapy. His family's organised a co to coast cycling challenge in his memory here's dad matt it starts in the island of Sheppey and then works our way through and we've got to make eventually i'll make our way to western supermare so we travel through kent um we come down into london we then go off towards reading and then head off towards bristol it's about 206 miles in total so it's quite um a long distance and it's got to be done within the sunlight hours. So we get up at half four, set off at half four, and it has to be completed by half nine at night. Yeah, as you say, a huge challenge, but obviously something that you want to do in memory of your son. Can you tell me a little bit about about George and, and what he went through? So George is our gorgeous middle son. Um, he was 12 years old when he was perfectly healthy, but suddenly diagnosed out of the blue with a brain tumour. He just had headaches that came on really, really quickly. We kept getting told by the doctors that they were migraines. So we kept going back to A&E. And when he started vomiting, it really kind of set alarm bells off for us. So um, in April, on April the 29th, 2021, we had an MRI scan and George had a quite a large substantial brain tumour, which he then had surgery to remove. And on the 19th of May, we devastatingly found out that he had a glioblastoma, which is a brain tumour that's usually found in adults and there is no cure for it. So we were told the news that day that we needed to go home and enjoy the next 12 to 15 months because that's how long we had left with our gorgeous 12 year old and not to try and search for a cure because there wasn't one. Um, yeah, just absolutely heartbroken. Our whole family's heartbroken. Um, we lost George 11 months later. Uh, in April 2022 but in between that you know he went through so much we we would never wish on anybody in the world what we saw our beautiful son go through you know in 11 months he had three brain surgeries three chemos painful immunotherapy a failed clinical trial we searched the world for a cure and you know there really isn't so something needs to be done because this piece of news people are receiving every single day and is that why you you felt so passionately about having to do something and raise these funds? Because this is all going to a really good charity, isn't it? Do you want to tell me a little bit about where all the money raised will go? Because there's still an awful lot of research that needs to be done. Yeah, it's going to the Tessa Jow Foundation. Um, and what we love about that particular foundation is that they are not only supporting brain tumour research, which is really, really needed, but they are also looking at ways that they can improve the care it is a, a huge challenge that you've set yourselves how have you been getting ready for it how have you been preparing for it because as you say it's a it's a long way to go in quite a short space of time isn't it yeah I mean um it was 
my best mate's idea to do it. I mean, he's he's quite a keen cyclist, so he got us. Um, he put the idea into my head, and uh, he's always wanted to do something for George. He was quite close to George, so um, we've been sort of doing about 150 miles per week, trying to build up to it, uh, which has been quite tough. This week we've just been out, which was very very hot, so that was really difficult. Um, we're just having to put in the hours and there's like five of us and these five well four mates of mine they're sort of giving up all their time you know where they could be with their own families at weekends and in midweek to come and train for this ride for our little boys. The bike ride takes place on Saturday. Kent Online reports. Four Kent schools have reopened following concerns about a potentially dangerous concrete in the roof of their buildings. The primaries in Hythe, Sittingbourne, Tunbridge Wells and Birchington were closed by the government last week. It's now been deemed safe so pupils can return to classrooms. After a huge success this year, Canterbury Pride could be even bigger in the future. More than 30,000 people attended the event in Danejohn Gardens earlier this month. Organisers have now applied for permission to host four large-scale events in the park every year and extend the length of each festival to four days. They're aiming to restore and support existing events instead of launching new ones. A former cocktail bar in Gravesend High Street has been sold at auction. Room 44 sold for £440,000. It sits in a building that served as a pub for nearly 450 years. Apprentices in East Kent have been recognised for the contribution they're making to businesses. The annual event also recognises the companies that employ them and support their learning. Angela Gardner works for WW Martin in Ramsgate and was named overall champion for getting people into the construction industry. I had no idea. I thought I was here just representing the business tonight um, and the work that WW Martin have done with the apprentices. I didn't realise that I was up for an award myself, so I'm very honoured. Thank you. Not only up for an award, you got the overall award as well. I mean, what, firstly, what does it mean to you personally to be recognised? Um, uh, well, it's an amazing achievement. I feel very proud, um, not just of myself, but of the company. Um, we do strongly believe in working with apprentices and they mean so much to the business. How important are your apprentices? Because you're a big firm, you're a big construction firm. They obviously play a very important part for your company. Yeah, they play such an important part. I mean, getting the young skills into construction at a young age is so important to us. Um, we have apprentices that have actually joined the business 27 years ago and are with us today as senior site managers so training young people in construction is so important because they could be our site managers or construction managers of the future and obviously they're learning from the best aren't they because they're learning from people who've been with you from the very start they are so um, some of our directors were apprentices themselves along with the site managers so there's a lot of experience within the business that they can learn from to give them the best skill set possible and a huge amount of building going on in Kent at the moment so you must be very busy <laughs> yes we're very busy um, being one of the four contractors on the KCC contract as well so we do a lot of work with the hospitals and schools within the local area well congratulations is there anything else you'd like to say perhaps about the apprentices who got awards tonight because they were finalists as well yeah no honestly we are so so proud of them I mean I was so honoured to be here to accompany them today <laughs> um, we're so proud of Daniel Fox who won construction apprentice of the year and we're also so proud of Josh who was nominated as a finalist for the business administration apprenticeship they're both doing absolutely amazing and a credit to the business and a BAFTA winner has been spotted filming in Kent Barry Keoghan who starred as the Joker 
Joker in The Batman and was also in Dunkirk and Eternals, was seen in King Street and Windmill Street in Gravesend. Warning signs were put up to say the area would be closed and anyone walking or driving past may be filmed. They're rumoured to be shooting new film Bird for the BBC. Kent Online Sports. Starting with football and Gillingham will be starting the new season away from home. They'll kick off their latest League Two campaign at Stockport County on August 5th. Their first home game is against Accrington Stanley the following week. Newly promoted Wrexham will visit Priestfield in February, possibly with their Hollywood owners. And in cricket, Kent will be hoping to continue their winning streak as they take on Essex in the T20 Blast in Chelmsford later. The Spitfires have recorded four victories in a row in the competition and are fifth in the South Group table. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get the details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.